Welcome to the Travelers Loyalty Podcast Series. Yeah, and don't overdo it, you know. I mean, so there is, uh, if you are cruising for 10 days and there are 20 different ways to have your dinner at night, you can't do it all in one cruise. Don't stress out. Just do pick a few things that you want to do, enjoy it, and then come back. You just heard Kevin Bubles from the Weeding Cruise Line. He's giving some good advice on cruising, and his clear advice is that you should not overdo it. Norwegian Cruise Line is American Cruise Line founded in 1966. It's headquartered in Miami. It is the third largest cruise line in the world by passenger numbers, based on numbers from 2018. The last couple of years it has been really a downtown, but now they are rising again. They are controlling about 9% of the total worldwide shares of the cruise market by passenger numbers. On Saturday, August 26, 2022, their newest ship, Norwegian Prima, are on its first journey with passengers. And we are so lucky that we are on board this first questioning sailing that leaves Iceland. Sometime before this first sailing, we had the pleasure of interviewing Kevin Bubel, who is the Vice President and Managing Director of Norwegian Cruise Line in continental Europe. We had a talk about Norwegian Cruise Line, the history, the current situation, and also how he sees the new ships, the Prima class, what this would do to Norwegian Cruise Line and the passengers. Let's hear what Kevin Bubbles had to say to us during our interview. Welcome to the Travel Plus Loyalty Podcast. Can you please uh, introduce yourself to, uh, to the audience? Yes, uh, thank you for having me. I, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Kevin Bubols, and I am the Vice President and Managing Director for Norwegian Cruise Line in Continental Europe. And that, uh, that is a really good introduction to, to our talk today. And, uh, and Kevin, um, we are here today because you are going to launch the, the new premier class ships uh, here in, 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 a, in, a, in a few, uh, in a few uh, little time. Uh, and, and what we're going to look at in, in this interview is uh, have an introduction of, of the ship, but also on, on the Norwegian Cruise Line, what it is uh, to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about the, what is the Norwegian Cruise Lines? So Norwegian Cruise Line, we were founded in 1966 already, so we were the first cruise line that was really founded as a cruise line. There are other ship operators that already uh, have done other things before and then went into cruising, but we were the first real cruise line to be founded like that. So we're more than 55 years old by now, and uh, we've always been the innovator, um, and we've brought many new things and many first uh, things to the industry, to cruising, which are now uh, considered normal in cruising. And for us, the philosophy of cruising was always to... Um, Every person is a little different, so we want to have freedom and flexibility as much as possible on the ship so that everyone can design their holiday the way she or he likes it best. And, and you're talking about innovator. Uh, a little bit more on, on, on the concept that you're launching. Uh, you're launching six new ships over, uh, over some time. Uh, the first new ship coming here, um, uh, exactly what is the launch date for that? So we will do the christening in Reykjavik on the 26th of August mm. this year. So the 26th of August is going to be an interesting day, and, and, and we're lucky enough that we're going to, to experience it ourselves on, on the very close hand on the Christian ship, uh, on the Christian cruise, so that's, uh, that's interesting. You mentioned the key word, innovator. So, so when I look at, at, at the, what you're going to offer, uh, it, it's, it's everything from, from a racetrack to, 
to uh, endless pools, to, to a new uh, dining concept and so forth. If, if you look a little bit into to, to that part, what is it in, in Norwegian Cruise Line you're doing to, to create that innovation uh, approach on, on the new ships? So um, the, the classic way some people still have in their mind about cruising is a, is a bit more stiff way where you have a dress code, where you have one restaurant with maybe seating times and you have to be in strict time slots and everything, so it's a bit more regimented. And we have always built all of our new ships to offer a lot more freedom and flexibility on the ships already. From So the whole design of the ship is designed for a good passenger flow, no big lines everywhere, and rather than having one big restaurant, it's many restaurants across the ship and you can choose from the thing. So. In, when we now build a new ship class, we are always learning from our experiences before and we always perfect this concept even more. But it's really about having as much space as possible for every guest and having a lot of choices for them to then decide what they want to do on their holiday. Mm. <coughs> Again, you mentioned uh, an important word, space, mm -hmm. uh, on the ship. Uh, one of the key elements on the ships, as, as I have been, been investigating, is the cabin sizes. Mm -hmm. they, they, are, they seem to be larger than normal. Is that correct? Um, so when you now go to the Prima class, they will be definitely larger than normal and they will be our largest in every category that we had. And um, that space is actually a part of the concept of Prima. So with every new ship that we've built before, we've always had a little better what we call passenger space ratio. So the ratio of the size of the ship and the number of passengers on it. And with Prima class, we're taking that to the next level to provide more space for every individual guest, basically. And that goes in every uh, part of the concept, including the cabin, so that they will have the largest bathrooms that we ever had, because that's one of the most important things in a cabin, right? You don't want to spend too much time in the cabin, but what you need is a good bathroom. And what you need is maybe a little bit of space in front of the mirror so that one person can get changed and another person can pass by. On some cabins, that's a little cramped. Mm. So we've made the, the, the cabins a little bigger so that you have a lot of space uh, to get ready and then go out and enjoy the ship. Mm. <laughs> and, and we'll come a little bit back to, 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 uh, to the premier class, but, but before that, I would like to have a, a few words on, on, on the current situation from, from the cruise industry. The, the last two years have been, been, been quite, a, quite a, a struggle, I guess. And no ships actually on the oceans, a lot of, uh, of, of uh, waiting time, a lot of trials and so forth. But can you put your words on what has been happening the last couple of years, what is happening now, and, and what do you see for, for the, years, the next year to come? Yeah, for us, um, in 2019, we had a record year for the company, and we were doing really well. And we were going into the year 2020 in the best booked position for any new year on the evening of uh, December 31st. So we were really happy about what was going to come in 2020. And then a whole different thing happened, right? And uh, so on uh, Friday the 13th, actually, March, um, we, we had to stop everything globally and uh, then spend weeks and weeks uh, to get everybody home. The guests was quick, but the crew was a longer time and, until they were all back home. Um, some stayed on the ships. We then had to lay the ships up, um, always ready to restart again, because initially we were hoping this would be over quicker. Yeah. And in total, it took 500 days, really by the day, it's 500 days from the 13th of uh, March um, to the 25th of July uh, 2021, when we then were able to restart cruising uh, out of Athens, Piraeus, actually, um, to the Greek Isles. And uh, so it was a very long time with a lot of hard work, but not much we could do. No, no cruises uh, and always preparing for it. Uh, but we kept the team together um, and then we restarted. And 
Now, um, 750 something days after we had stopped, we had the last ship come back into operation now of our fleet. We have 17 ships. And so on May 7th, I think it was, we mm. had uh, in Tahiti the last ship starting again. So now we're back and we see guests that are very eager to really want to go now and want to experience something again. And uh, so we have a very good booking situation at the moment. So, so, so that has brought us from, let's say, uh, the, the 2019 record year, 2020-21, not, so, uh, not so heavy and smiling uh, for, for all of us. Uh, and now you're coming into to 22 in May. You have all 70 ships uh, uh, operational again, and you still see a, a positive trend on, on on the booking. Is that something you can see in in the numbers? Uh, not not we're not interested in details on that stuff, but can we see the numbers and trends that you get a high uh, high booking capacity on on all your ships? Yeah. So I mean, all the ships are back now, mm. and um, now we are not yet filling them by 100%. So we're taking it step by step. Uh, we have publicly said that um, in the third quarter now, we are aiming around 70%, um, really to take, not to rush it, you know, so to get it right and make sure everything is, is comfortable. And um, so step by step, 2022 is a transition year. And then into 2023, it should be a normal year again. And 2023, um, with the new ships that we are adding, um, on NCL with the Prima class and in our sister brands also we are adding ships. Uh, that means it should be a record year for us mm -hmm. again in 2023, but that's what we're working for. Definitely. Okay. So, so let me again back to you saying Q3, your, your company goal is, is only to book 70% of, of, of the capacity of, uh, of, of each ship basically. So, so you are increasing or you're still ensuring that there is uh, extra space uh, on, on the ships. Yeah, I mean, so that's actually almost a, a not-so-secret tip, but right uh, now, <laughs> it's it's the best that you can do um, in terms of booking the cruise right now because prices are still a little lower than what they were. Mm -hmm. um, but you have the full crew and the full service there and everything on offer, but a little less people on the ship, yeah. so there's even more space now. Um, so I think um, right now it's a, it's a perfect time to book a cruise. And we're aiming around 70%. We're not um, restricted by it, but we don't have the strategy to say, okay, we want to get as much as possible. So we uh, rather start increasing the prices now as we see a, a lot of good demand. Um, and we had to catch up a little bit. Normally you sell cruises for a two year time yeah. ahead or something like that. Now it was starting later. So we started with very attractive prices to catch up. But now we're there, and now we're starting to rather increase prices back to the normal level again, um, and not try to, with cheaper prices, fill more than 70%. You mm -hmm. know, if we end up with a little more than 70%, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, really, we don't want to do it at a low price or anything. Okay. So, but that's that's a very good tip, actually, and I think that's uh, that's definitely something that we uh, we should uh, look at the uh, communicating. So, so basically, now you get the. Uh, only a 70% full ship uh, with the same space, but the same price, a little cheaper than 2019 prices still, yeah. uh, but the full experience basically. So uh, yeah. so uh, let's just say to everyone listening, go book your cruise. It's uh, it's the best time ever to do it. I would certainly recommend yeah. it, yeah. That, uh, that's definitely perfect. So a little bit back to the ships. Um, the new ships coming in, um, and, and they are, uh, when looking at it, extraordinary uh, compared to some of the other things. I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, we come back to that in, in the end, but, but there is a racetrack on top of the ship. Uh, there is uh, some uh, uh, some other uh, good, uh, interesting in, in the in the cabins. We talked a little bit about that. Um, but 
but the prima car ships, what is the the six ships that you have uh, on, on built? Uh, the first one is is built and is going to be delivered in in a in a couple of months from now. Uh, and and what what is the experience that meets the the passengers when when they first enter the ship? So yeah, um, it's a new ship class, and with every new ship class, you take it really to another level, basically. And you build, of course, on the experiences from before. So we will continue with the path of um, having freedom and flexibility and maximizing that. Um, a big component is, as we already touched on, the space on the ship. Um, with this ship, even in the design, when you look at the ship, it has a lot more wide open deck spaces as well, with the ocean boulevard that what used to be in old times, maybe a promenade deck, you would say like a small deck where you could walk around the ship. Now it's really with restaurants and bars and, and pools and everything on a lower deck where you are really floating above the ocean. You can feel the ocean you're sailing on with a lot of nice space. So this feeling of a lot of space is definitely a part of the concept. That's one of the things I'm most excited about in this new ship class. It fits very well with what people want as well. They want to have the individuality and they want to have a little bit the feeling of space and freedom and uh, around them as well. So I think that is going to be very exciting there. And you mentioned a little bit about the the, 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 the weight of the concept. One of the things that I, that I look into is, is, is the placement of the engine. The engine is now moved up to the middle of the ship, basically, and not traditionally in the end of the ship. That, so that opens up the entire back end of the ship yeah. for some, 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 let's say, some passenger-friendly areas. Is that is that something also attached to 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 uh, to the overall design and sustainability and, and better way of of, uh, of traveling when you want to cruise? Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a very good detail that you picked up on. But that's a major thing behind the scenes that not many guests will realize. But that gives us a whole new approach on how we can design the ship. You know, so with the engine moved to the middle, and, and it's part of the whole hull concept. You know, the whole hull, if you look at the ship as well, you will notice the bow also looks very different. It's all designed to have less friction with the water, and so that you have a smoother ride through the seas, and uh, and then have less consumption, of course, less fuel needs and all that stuff, because it's always about improving more on the sustainability edge. And um, so with the whole design, with the hull at work now, we had the opportunity to move the engine, which then gives us a lot of opportunities, as you pointed out, to then do stuff at the back end of the ship, which wasn't possible before. So now we will have, especially that back section of the ship, you will see uh, with uh, big restaurants, we have that one restaurant inside, which has really, a, I think Harry, our president, said, looked at it and said it's, a, it's 270 degrees round with windows and stuff like that. And on top of it, you have the Ocean Boulevard area with uh, the food hall concept there, where you can dine outside and have the food hall with the many different food stands in there and everything. So I think it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, and also again, because it's the back of the ship, so when you're sailing, you have this this uh, 270 or 360 degrees yeah. all the way around when, when, when looking out on, on the horizon, basically. Yeah, so and it's always nice when you're sailing and you see the wake of the exactly. ship, you know, exactly. it's always brilliant. Yeah, yeah so, so Titanic people want to be in the front of the ship, <laughs> while, think on, on the wave of the ship, that's the, that's the yeah. best place to be. No, we'll, we'll let the captain spot the icebergs. Exactly. Let, let we'll them do that, yeah. and we'll, come, we'll look at the food hall and... Exactly. and Sit and look at the back end, yeah. So that, that's perfect. And 
And will all six ships be on the same uh, same concept, or will there be differences on 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 the sh on the ships in in the design? So it's going to be one ship class, meaning mm -hmm. that they will be similar, of course, and it's the same concept throughout. But uh, we are always learning over this period. So uh, we've had it with the breakaway ship class before. What we typically do is we build the first two ships very similar, and we've already announced Prima mm -hmm. and Viva, mm -hmm. which will be the first two ships now, and then <clears throat> from this third ship on, we start to put in the first learnings we have from the from the first ships when we're sailing, um, and uh, you can expect a few more adaptations basically from the third ship on. So um, I would expect two ships exactly the same, and then three, four, five, and six will be slightly different. Slightly different. It's what uh, the automotive industry calls a facelift, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. A little bit there and, and putting in. That's going to be very interesting. So, so the two first ships, uh, a little bit on, on the routing on, on, on those. What are the main routing for 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 the two first ships? Well, okay. So when we start, uh, they are built here in Europe. So we always have the advantage uh, being here in Europe. We can see them first. Um, actually, Danish people will have will be one of the first uh, to to see the ship as well on September 13th in Copenhagen. She will end her first revenue cruise. Um, so. The first revenue cruise starts on September 3rd in Amsterdam and finishes in Copenhagen on the 13th. So uh, one of the very first people in the world to be able to see mm. the Prima. Um, and uh, then we will take the ship across um, and show her around uh, several ports in the United States, of course. And uh, then she will go to Galveston um, for a little bit of Caribbean there. And then she will find her winter home in Florida and uh, sail some Caribbean itineraries and then coming back to Europe uh, to do cruises out of Southampton to the Nordics, to uh, the North Cape, to Iceland, and, and these kind of things in the season afterwards. And Viva um, will do, um, she will launch earlier in the season. So that will give us some some chances to do some very interesting items in the Mediterranean with Viva, mm -hmm. and from Lisbon, and so on. So um, that's where the ships will be first. And then we will see, uh, the good thing with ships is not like a hotel on land, you can move them around, yeah. and so you can always see a little bit what the guests want and uh, where things are developing in the world, and then we will put the ships there. Okay, so 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 basically there are some some very interesting uh, itinerary, a little bit touching because that that's one of the things that I always can 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 see as a as a sweet spot. That's the transatlantic uh, crossing. So two times a year you do the crossing, and you have basically. Uh, Five days at sea or something like that, and, and it's totally, uh, totally uh, relaxing. Is is that going to be a revenue uh, uh, from from the uh, for the first uh, transatlantic crossing this year? Is it a revenue uh, cruise as well? Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's a revenue cruise, and uh, we typically always operate them as revenue cruise. And you're right, there are some fans that really love these itineraries particularly, and they um, they seek them out, and they are not that often. I mean, no. nowadays a lot more than in the past. Mm. Um, and then it depends a little bit on what itinerary you have. So as the Prima is going to New York, uh, she can actually do what we call the Path of the Vikings, mm. uh, which is always the most popular transatlantic, actually, when you put them on sale, is the ones that go via the North Route, via mm. Iceland. Yeah. Um, they are uh, very scarce as well, and so um, it's very interesting for guests. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's say that's tip number two. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely, a, yeah. <laughs> the Prima is going on, on the first... Uh, Transatlantic crossing, and it's it's something you can book at. So keep an eye on uh, some good uh, good uh, deals on, on that. Um, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the about the top. There is a racetrack on top of the ship. That's again what you see on, on the. the what was the idea about the racetrack? Who came up with that idea? Uh, so I think um, 
the idea originally came from a, from a conversation with Frank Del Rio, our CEO of the whole NCL group, the holdings group, um, had with his little nephew, I think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Or his son? Grandson. Grandson, yes, it was his grandson, yeah. So, uh, and that, uh, and, and I think uh, it was something like, hey, why don't we do that? Uh, they were at a car place somewhere on land. Why don't you do that on a ship? And everybody was laughing about it, but then again, it was an idea, right? And um, and then we looked into it, and we found a company in, in Germany that uh, can build these things very well on land, and now they've also designed it for our ships. And so we started with Norwegian Joy being the first one that received it, mm -hmm. and uh, it was going down so well um, that we now started to include it in, in the new ship's concepts as well, and even take it to the next ship class as well. Um, and, you know, as with everything on our ships, it's about choice. So we built bigger ships not to have a lot of people on them, but to have a lot of room for different things you can do. And um, some people love to do that. So about 25% of the guests will do the racetrack, and others will never see it mm -hmm. because they are not interested and they will go to the spa and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's the advantage of having different things. That's what I meant with everybody should do the holiday the way they like. But those who love electric cars, because they are electric mm -hmm. and they are very fast as well in acceleration, this will be fun because it's it's so well designed around the funnel of the ship mm -hmm. and uh, on three levels and uh, I'm looking forward to do it. I yeah, do, yeah, that's, uh, it's, I, it's, yeah. it's definitely a fun thing. And that leaves a little bit about the, the, the family uh, people traveling. So, so I tend to say that that's a little bit more related to the family. There's also a very steep water slide on the side of the ship. Is, is it is it the... Is it, has it been easy to design a ship that both counts for couples uh, but also for families? Um, for us, I would say yes, um, and I would even go a step further. But just to mention, the water slide—the slide on the side—is actually a dry slide, okay. um, so you don't—you're not wet. You can actually take it down. It might be quicker than the elevator, and then you're out on the ocean boulevard, and you can go to the restaurant or something. Uh, but there are water slides on the ship as well. And um, so, yeah, what we do with our concept with this freedom and flexibility is perfect for all different kinds of holidays by definition already. That's what we're aiming for. So you actually find something for families, you find something for couples. There are also adult-only areas as well on the ship where for those that want the quiet there. And um, then um, it's a very good thing, what I meant with taking it a level further is uh, for multi-generational cruising as well. So we see a lot now the grandparents, and the parents and the grandkids all traveling together, and then you have on our ship something for everyone. You know, um, sometimes the great grand the grandparents would go into a suite in the Haven complex mm -hmm. because that is like a ship inside a ship where you have a private sun deck and it's a bit more quiet and they like that and the luxury of a five star uh, environment. And then maybe the the family uh, with the younger kids is in a normal balcony cabin. And they can always, on a, on a ship like ours, they can always do stuff together, but they don't have to. So it's a very easy way to just have a great time together on and off, always be near each other, have dinners together, and, and go to a Broadway show. So especially that multi-generational aspect is a, a very good growing one for us, actually, at the moment. Mm. And you touched upon the Haven. That's one of the, the things that I just want to, to, to just capture a little bit. The, the, the Haven, you mentioned it's, it's, a, it's a hotel within the hotel or a complex within yeah. the complex. What is the Haven and, and what do we get as a, as a passenger on, on that? So um, we call it a ship in ship concept. Um, it's basically like a little mini ship, like a little luxury ship, a five-star luxury ship inside the bigger ship. Mm. And uh, it's an area where there are suites um, and they have a private restaurant as well attached to it. There is a private sun deck attached to it and a lounge and everything. And it's all behind doors where you can only get in with key cards 
um, when you live in that area. So it's, it's designed for the privacy there, and there's only going to be a few people that are in there, and that's a full five-star luxury um, experience that you can have there. But uh, the advantage is you're on a bigger ship, and you can actually then go out and have all the advantages you could not have on a small ship. And that is the kind of clients that we are attracting there. So it's not the a little bit more old-fashioned luxury clients. It's, it's the more modern-minded luxury clients that want to actually see a Broadway show maybe in the evening in the theater, which you can only have on a big ship, um, but then retreat again to the, the luxury space afterwards. Or they'd want to have the choice of all these various different restaurants around the ship, um, which you could not have on a small ship. So it's the perfect combination for um, actually for the new generation of luxury cruisers who uh, sometimes say to us, oh, I used to cruise on, a, on another ship, mm. but it was a little bit boring. So now they come to us because you can experience a lot, but you can always retreat to the haven as well. Okay. So, so basically you have tried to capture the smaller, more uh, focused luxury ships and put them into the haven basically, and then saying, okay, if you, if you want two nights, you want to see the Broadway show, you want to be a little bit more around Mount, uh, many people and so forth, then they can do that, but they have the, the, the luxury style for themselves basically yeah and then on in everything like in the theater there is uh priority seating mm -hmm. for for them and all that stuff and uh so they have um it's actually the best way to experience the ships honestly um if you can afford that yeah. but it's a it's a full five-star luxury uh, thing where you can use all the amenities that the big ship has to offer mm -hmm. that's good so now we have talked about the family we've talked about the haven uh, the five-star luxury within uh, the big ship um, if you're a first-time cruiser, to round uh, this uh, this talk off, the uh, time is, is, is going fast when you're having uh, good fun and, and listening yeah. about that. So if you're a first-time uh, cruiser, and what is your top three tips for, 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 for experience on a cruise? Um, so, I mean, in general, the, the perfect thing about a cruise is that you, um, you can experience a lot in a very relaxed way, you know? Um, so nowadays, it's sometimes a bit hectic and uh, you want maybe relaxation on your travel. But then again, some people are not made for just only relaxing and if, if they have to pick something, it's sometimes hard. So a cruise is a perfect combination. You are going to a different destination every day, but your swimming resort is coming with you. You can have a nice dinner and then coming to our concept with all the different choices that you have, you can go to one of the different restaurants, you can do the Broadway show or another show or the Beatles in the Cavern Club and stuff like that, the Beatles cover bands that we have. So all of that good stuff while you travel to the next destination. So it's a perfect combination of experiencing something, exploring something new and relaxing at the same time. That's, I think, why it's growing so much in popularity as well at the moment. And I think we have a perfect concept for that with the freedom and flexibility um, and really trying to make it as individual as possible for every guest. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, our, our time is gone, Kevin. So, so we'll have to talk up again when we're on the, the Christian cruise uh, and we'll do some follow-ups on, on that one. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to have you on the christening and to talk in the future. That marks the end of this episode of the Travel Plus Loyalty podcast series. Thank you for listening. It means a lot.